Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lankin. And my guest today is the creator of the Brown Girl Experience, Miss Erica Butler. Thank you for joining me. Hey, 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 guys. What's going on? <laughs> it's, it's been, it's actually an honor to have you. I, um, <laughs> I, I feel weird saying this as a guy, but I actually do like your page. Like I scroll in and out, read little comments here and there. So I will <laughs> reluctantly say I'm a fan of the page. Oh, the shenanigans and tomfoolery on a daily basis. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. So how did the Brown Girl experience start? Um, to be honest with you, it's petty. So <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being completely transparent, I created the Brown Girl experience because I was so tired of non-black women telling black women how to be black women and then had the nerve to monetize it and i was like wait but you're not an expert at this we are so i created something for a black woman to be their most authentic selves all the time and i created a space where they can feel like they can always go there and not be judged with what they say or or what they do what year did you start it um, started a Brown Girl Experience uh, 2017 after a failed podcast attempt with a partner. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to get into that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that, it was, that, that basically gave birth to the Brown Girl Experience. Okay. Did, um, when you initially had the idea, was it just you? Or did you have people in mind that you wanted to create it with? Or? So after, you know, I don't know if you've ever had a podcast with a partner, um, but after having one with a partner where the vision was mine to begin with, and I, I really just brought somebody in along with it, um, when that did not work out, I was like, you know what, the next time I do this, I'm going to do it on my own and just bring people in on like a guest type basis and not like a co-host type basis. And I just focused on more collaborations than uh partnerships if that makes sense so yeah. nah, i wouldn't i'm not gonna do that partner thing again <laughs> <laughs> nah it's funny you ask no i've never had a co-host no i don't want a co-host um my my show i'm gonna make this quick because this 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 episode is about you but i'm gonna make this quick my episode my show is based on my guests it's not about me so it really wouldn't make sense to have a co-host like my show is set up to highlight my guests so got it oh yeah. then you you did you did it right from the beginning <laughs> yeah it, 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 yeah because <laughs> everybody like you said everybody doesn't have the same vision your vision may not align with the other person so that'll make things complicated yeah then you lose like then it's the creative differences and then it's like um as you start building a brand that you have to let that go because now that brand is attached to two people and you can't just take it and, and carry on with it so, it, uh, you know, but what do we always do as Black people? We always reinvent ourselves and carry on. What were the, some of the biggest challenges you faced starting the Brown Girl Experience? Some of the challenges I had with having a partner? No, no, no. With the, oh. the, the biggest, when you, when, you set out to start, when you set out to start the Brown Girl Experience, what were some of the biggest challenges you faced? Oh, with that, um, really the biggest challenges that I faced was getting a buy-in. Uh, getting a buy-in from not just people that, people that were my friends, my friends, you know, your friends and your family always support you, but trying to get what my message was and, and what I was trying to do 
out so people would accept it. And so um, as, as Black women, we don't always have the luxury to be as transparent as I am. And one of the things that I always want to do, I was like, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to put something out that I believe in, I want to be transparent because I want to encourage other women to be transparent because that's the only way that we can reclaim our narrative. Um, and it wasn't until last year that I found the right words to describe what I was trying to do. And once I found the right words and, and created a mission statement, that's when I started getting the buy-in from listeners. That's when I started getting the buy-in from um, people that wanted to know more about the Brown Girl experience. So I think the hardest part, honestly, I didn't know how to put everything in words. And <laughs> I couldn't get people to buy in because of that. Did you ever feel like that it may not work? Oh, yeah. I feel like that all the time. <laughs> oh, you still feel that way? Yeah. So like this okay so this year you know this is the year of 2020 this is you know year of the <laughs> pandemic <laughs> and i walked into this year with such a huge plan i was like this is my plan this is what i'm going to do this is how i'm going to do this like i i had a plan to do live events and to really go out there and touch people because that's i, I love to engage and and really get with people personally and then we had covid and everything that I planned, it was like, well, girl, you ain't going to do that this year. And I, I didn't know how to trans, you know, to really translate what I was doing in person to anything that I could do virtually. And I will be honest with you, for majority of this year, I was like, yo, I failed. Like, my business failed before it even had a chance to really get started and, and get its legs. So I'm just getting to the point now where I'm re-excited, that I'm excited again about looking at how I'm going to have to shift and pivot my plan for the brown girl experience and how i'm going to really have to embrace technology and this whole virtual thing and try to do things different but yeah i definitely this year i thought i failed i was i was bummed <laughs> mm. like, was, oh, it something that, was it something that happened that actually gave you like a a second like a second breath of life to make you realize you know what i need to keep going yes um i kept getting emails from women asking me where i was and I had no idea when I stopped putting out content because I, I felt like I was bummed. I felt like I was stuck and I didn't have, um, I only put out a show when I have something to say. And when I didn't have anything to say because I was just stuck, um, women kept emailing me and sending me DMs asking me, Brown Girl, where are you? I'm missing your show. I'm missing this. Um, and I'm like, wow, people are checking for me. And I, I just didn't, like, you know, you look at your stats. And so you look at your stats and you know, oh, wow, you know, people are listening. You're getting like seven, 800 plays on an episode after a week. Um, but I never really pay attention to the stats like that until like, unless I'm trying to sell ad space or something, <laughs> but to really know, to really know that people are listening and it's, it's making a difference for them or the stories that I tell or the experiences that I share, how it it encourages women to want to tell their own stories and share their own experiences and that my absence is noticed. That's what made me realize that I need to get back out there and, and really do something and, and stop and get unstuck and, and, and do what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to talk about one of the, <laughs> one of the stories that really made me laugh. And I hope you can remember it. I think you can, cause you posted it a little while back. Okay. not too far ago you you went to 
it was either Lowe's or Home Depot. <laughs> um, <laughs> the guy, the guy was like really nice to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I don't even want to tell a story. I, so, I kind of want you to tell it. I, 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 if I can remember it to the best of my ability. So, um, one of the things that I, I people enjoy the most is I'm single in these mean dating streets and it's not just single I'm single at 42 so is dating is different in your 40s than it is in your 20s and your 30s um so there are different hot spots that you go to now in your 40s that you wouldn't have thought about in your 20s and that's the Lowe's and the Home Depot and I'm gonna tell hey hey girls so once you listen to this episode Lowe's and Home Depot because that's where you know these are men that know how to fix things and we as women, sometimes we need men to know how to fix things. Um, and these are men that are sometimes contractors. So that means they're licensed to fix things. So I digress. So I'm there. And this is, it was during the summertime. And like everybody else in the pandemic, what's the thing we want to do? Let's fix up our house. Let's put in a garden. Uh, I don't have a green thumb, but I thought putting in the garden was something I definitely wanted to do. So I got some mulch. Mulch is heavy. Do you know how heavy mulch is? Uh, have you lifted mulch? Mulch is heavy. Can I cuss on here? I'm not sure. Hey, look, this is free reign. Okay, because I cuss when I tell stories. So mulch is fucking heavy. So when you measure out how much mulch that you need, you're going to need like, it's never four bags. So I'm there. I was like, all right, bitch, you need 15 bags of mulch. So I get over there, I price it out, and here I am. I'm putting mulch on the big cart that you have. I'm putting it on, and this guy, he's like, hey, sis, let me help you. And I'm like, oh, wow. I'm not one of those women that'll say, no, thank you. I don't believe in girl power like that. <laughs> if you want to lift heavy shit for me, I say, thank you. I appreciate it. So he's giving me all the small talk. You know, what's the, what's the line that some men use um, to try to figure out your status? Why isn't your man helping you with this? Uh, your man should be helping you with this. I was like, oh, I don't have one of those. And, you know, he's steadily lifting, steadily lifting. So he is being flirty and stuff like that. And I'm slow. But I ain't that slow. And so I'm just trying to keep it to the one word answers because let's be honest, we both have masculine. So the only <laughs> thing I really know about this man is that I don't know if he has a hairline because he had a hat on. So in your 40s, you don't know what you're about to pull off when somebody takes their hat off. So that's one. All I saw was his eyes. He has a mask. I don't know if this man is handsome beneath his mask. Um, <laughs> And I know people are thinking, hey, girl, why are you that shallow? Like this, he could be your, your soulmate. Well, my soulmate is handsome because God knows that I don't want to man, <laughs> And he knows what I need. So he's being flirty. And, you know, by the time he's finishing lifting all of this and stuff like that, my cart is heavy. And then that's when he goes in and, you know, throws in, uh, I think he asked me for my number or he asked me if what I was doing later. I'm pretty sure he asked me for my phone number and I'm honest. Like if I'm not interested and I'm not going to play you off, I'm not going to try to, you know, drag you on or anything. And I said, Oh no, thank you. I'm really not interested. <sighs> this man left my cart right there. That cart with 15 fucking bags of mulch. <laughs> <on it. laughs> 
that cart was so heavy and I had to push that cart from the back. I don't even know why they put the mulch all the way in the back of the damn store, but I had to push it to the back of the store, push it all the way through the different plants that were out there up to the register and still had to put that shit in my truck. Like in hindsight, I wish I wasn't such a respectable woman that I just would have been like, oh yeah, my phone number is, and just blocked him later. But no, I, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be that woman because, you know, karma, she is a efficient lady. And I didn't want her to be like, well, girl, you know, 42, you ain't going to get yourself another date till you 47. Like <laughs> I don't really like the challenge karma. She's really good at what she does. I don't need that kind of smoke in my life. But that man damn sure left me with that cart of mulch. He just, he, he thanked me for being honest though. And then carried on. <laughs> Yep, as he should have. Because <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I'd have left, I'd have did the exact same thing. My cousin was like, he's like, I'd have took all that much off your car and left you to put it back <laughs> on there. <laughs> nah, I'm not doing all that because that's more work. But, but I'm like, hey. In my head, like, why can't you just do nice things for strangers? Nah. Not that nice. <laughs> <laughs> but see, okay, so look, right? Here's, here's the problem. Please like, school me on this. You do you know how you know how hurtful that is if a woman says, "No, I don't have a man, but I don't want you." <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, mean, mean, I know it. I know that's, it's that's a hard pill to. I mean, listen. I you know I'm married. So, but if I'm single. And I shoot my shot with a woman. I think I want her to lie to me and tell me she got a man. Go ahead and save my ego. But tell me you I got was, a man. I was set up first. I wasn't, you know, I was set up with the small questions first. Sometimes you gotta be direct. But I shot my shot at a man before and I was I was shot down. It was like a whole it felt like a torpedo hit me in my stomach. Um and I I didn't even know how to recover. I don't know how you guys do it. I don't know. I'm like you that's why you guys are men. That's why y'all don't have um, the same the same feelings that we have. I was not. Yeah, I was not it. built it's for it. rejection. Well, I mean, it's. I mean, if you look around, I don't think. I don't think. Men, I think men have kind of changed with that. Like a lot of. It seems like men more want to know for a fact that they can get your number. Now I don't know how that's possible to know for a fact, but I think you you have a good idea. But yeah. Times are different. I'll say that. You 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 say like you said earlier, dating in your forties and dating in your twenties. What is the difference? Because I, I I'm sure people want to know what's the difference. Uh well, some of the perks of dating in your forties opposed to dating in your twenties is for the most part, everybody's established. Uh you run into less I run into less men who don't have a car, who don't have a place, who don't, who don't have a career. I run into less of that. Um, but I also run into <laughs> less hairlines. Um, <laughs> hairlines are not always there, but that's okay. Cause I love a bald head. So, you know, we, it's a win there. Um, less tolerance. So I'm from the men, the women or both. From both. I think both of us really don't have the patience that we used to. Yeah. But um, when, like, I noticed that with men in their 40s, they're not here for the bullshit either. Like, and it's, I think it's equal playing ground. So if you, 
Like if you as a woman don't have your shit together, they not they're not checking for you like that. Um, and maybe it's a, I think you said you're in California. Maybe it's an East Coast thing. But the men over here, if you- <laughs> oh okay, so be, be, before let, let me clear that up. I'm I'm here. I was relocated. My my wife got a job and we relocated. I'm okay. from the DC area. So, oh, oh, then you get it, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't yeah, yeah, yeah. not here for our bullshit. <laughs> yeah, please don't call me a California because I'm my bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's like me. I'm a Jersey girl, and I'm like, don't call me nothing else but a Jersey girl. I'm I'm from Jersey. Yeah, um, but, I'm not from California at all. Yeah, but it's it's less. Nobody's here for the tolerance. Nobody's here for the bullshit. Um, like if you if you're about playing games, if you can't. If you can't like, if you can't communicate with your words, the men in their forties are not here for it. like. No, you're not going to text me all day either. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like no, like you can you can text me. Hey, you busy? Like you know, and you know what you do in texts are, are different. Like you get that you know W Y D, and when I respond back nothing, then you get the phone call. <laughs> So it's, I mean, it's a do lot. you like do you like that th- that approach? Um, to text me first to see if I'm busy. I'm that not all the text. You you like the the talking as opposed to the texting because some oh, people yeah. prefer texting. I will text you all day during the work hours. Like if we're you know if we both work or whatever, I'll text. Um, I'm dating somebody who has a di- who works a different shift than I do. So okay. where my normal shift is, uh, I work nine to six for the most part, um, and I don't work weekends. Um, he, however, works six to two a.m. Um, and he does and works some weekends because he's in law enforcement. Um, but we we text more, um, but then when we talk, we do video chat and stuff like that. And it's just because you know, time wise, you miss each other. Like you're going in when my day is ending. And you know my day is starting, and you're still, you know, you're still asleep. So we 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 make that part work, but yeah, I, don't text me all day. Don't you're not gonna text the no, because you can't really connect with somebody just through text messages. A lot gets lost in translation, and I think we get lazy with social cues and everything if you're if you're just texting all day. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. I'm gonna touch on the word that you use, dating, because. <laughs> following your page, I noticed you was a big advocate for take a man out on a date month, which is September. Yes. <laughs> I, and I, and you know what? I did. Um, and I was so excited. Like I, um, I made a big deal of it and I, um, because he's somebody that I, I had my eye on. I, I was always interested in him. He's very handsome. And I just, I went for it. I slid in his DMs. Uh, and I said, you know what? I was like, it's September, and I was like, let's take a man out to date. And, and I was like, and this is guy I've been really um, interested in. And I was like, and I would love to take him out. I was like, how should I approach him? So I did it kind of goofy um, because of the way that our, like, we slide into each other's DMs, and just the way we slide into each other's DMs, that's just the kind of sense of humor we have. And he was like, well, why don't you take me out? And he's like, and I'll, help, I'll give you some tips on how to ask him. So, you know, we played it like that. And so I, um, and then, you know, it was laugh and then we exchanged phone numbers and I, I did take him out. I, uh, we met in Philly and I paid, but it was weird. <laughs> so it was, it was really weird. Cause he didn't realize that I really meant that I was going to pay. 
Um, so we we went to go someplace and the uh, the uh, we went to go shoot pool, and the the business closed. <laughs> and I was like, oh Ooh. great, yeah. So another thing, hey girls, if you're gonna take a guy out, just call the place first to see if they're still open. Um, yeah, especially. But, <laughs> exactly and but like right right like right by the place we were gonna shoot pool it, they had like outdoor um dining and they had like um a bar or whatever so i was like well you want to go get some drinks and something to eat so we went over there um and we said you know how can we get a seat do we need a reservation is i know you could just have a seat so we sat down then once we sat down they said the chef left for the night and so we can only get <laughs> drinks so yeah date is really winning right um, so we, we ordered drinks and he's not a drinker. I am a drinker. Um, so we ordered drinks. And then one of the things I just learned out about Philly, Philly's been closing early. So the place closed at 11 and we got there around like 1030. So we only had time for one drink. And then the security guy comes out. He's like, Hey, we're clearing out. You guys got to go. And we was like, well, we didn't get the bill yet for our drinks. And so they said, well, just go in the bar and tell them what you ordered. And I was like, all right. So we walk over to the bar and the people act like we're not standing there. So I turned to him and I was like, listen, and I was like, I don't want you to seem, I was like, I don't want to seem like I'm some type of woman that runs out on bills. I was like, but we've been standing here for three minutes and they have not acknowledged us. I was like, are you cool with walking out? <laughs> and he was like, all right, let's roll. <laughs> he was like, all right, let's roll. And so we left and um, we ended up just like uh, walking around Philly. So uh, we walked around and it was, uh, they have like a, some war monuments over there. So it was like the Korean War monuments. So we were walking in those and we were just having really good conversation, um, real amazing conversation, getting to know each other. We were laughing, um, we were flirting, um, you know, I held his hands. It was real sweet. And we ended up walking around the city for probably like four and a half maybe five hours and then we stopped and got some ice cream and just when i was getting ready to pay for the ice cream the um the guy who owned the ice cream truck he was like you guys are such a cute couple and he's like i love black love and then he's like the um he's like ice creams on me so Damn. i took a man out for a day and did not pay anything on this day <laughs> hey look, that's was day <laughs> look I, look I can't question the effort. I mean, that's that's really what it's about. It's the effort. It's right. not. I mean, look, you get there and, and people don't want your money because that's what it seemed like. That's not my fault. <laughs> Evidently, where you went, your money didn't spend well. So exactly. And he was like, "You do know that if I took you out on this date, he's like, every place would have been open, and he's like, it would have been. He's like, the drinks would have been forty dollars each." <laughs> Yeah, I was like, well, tell you what, and I was like, since, and I was like, you know, since it's still September, and I was like, if you, I was like, I'm, I was like, I would love to take you out again if you're okay with it, um, and then he was like, no, I'm not, and I was like, oh, okay, and then he's, like, I'm not gonna let you take me out again. He's, like, I'm gonna take you out. Um, oh, okay. So yeah, he, uh, so you know, we're going out again. We've been out a few times, so. I feel like uh, I feel like Chuck Woolery listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a lot of it was a lot of blushing, a lot of teeth showing. Um, he like you know, in this day and age, it's it's really nice to meet somebody who is really nice and and knows how to use their words and knows how to communicate. We had a good time. Is he is he in his forties? He is. Okay. So yeah, we're the same man. age. Grown man. Yeah. That's what you get when you deal with grown men. Yeah. <laughs> 
And then, you know, um, and then, and, and girls, like, this is one of the things that I learned from this, because I'll be honest with you, I am not a woman that pays. Um, you know, if I'm in a relationship, of course, like, you know, you pay, you know, you know, you and your partner, you usually split, not split the bill, but like split who's going to pay this time. But most of the, most of the men that I've ever been in relationships is always paid. Um, like I'm, I don't want to say I'm a kept woman, but I'm a traditionalist (laughs) and I'm okay with, I'm okay with the gender roles and men paying for things. Um, just, and as equally as they pay, hey, I cook a lot. So as needed, if you want me to cook, I'll cook. If you don't want me to cook, I'm okay with that too. Like, I'm not just going to go spring for it, but I'm, I'm okay with gender roles. Um, but it got me really thinking about, you know, a lot of times I hear, and I mostly hear from younger women, I hear like, you know, oh, he got to spend this on me. He got to spend that on me when taking me out. But I think people really lost what dating really is. It's really taking that time to get to know somebody. And it's not how, how much you're spending, but it's the activity and how much you're enjoying the activity with that person. Like you're getting experiences with them and you're trying to see, you know, do I enjoy doing things with this person? And if I don't, I'm not going to continue to waste any, this person's time doing any more experiences. (laughs) So, and we forget that we get so used to just being women and, and being treated to things and being, you know, that we, we kind of lose touch of what dating really is all about. So that's, that's my gem to pass on to the girls. Let me, let me ask you, because you, you, um, you talked about, you made the first move. Is that, how did you feel about that? Do you feel like, are you okay with making the first move? Are you not comfortable with it? Where do you stand on that? Heck no. I hated that. (laughs) (laughs) stressful like I had to hype myself up for like three four days do you know I had there was a group chat discussion about how I was going to approach a man some women are built for it and I applaud you sisters that are but this brown girl no no sir I didn't like it um you know because you think gotta wait like is he gonna say yes like that it was it was stressful like I like I, I is put it to you this way if you've ever had a sexual experience where you know that you slipped up and didn't use protection and you know you got to tell your GYN that you didn't use protection, that waiting period from that time that you had your STD (laughs) test to finding out your results is exactly how I felt approaching a man and shooting my shot. That's that's the feeling I got from that. Um, (laughs) It's not for me. (laughs) Nah, so, I mean, would you, I mean, it worked. So, would you it do it work again? I I mean, it hopefully, a- hopefully, you don't have to do this again. I mean, hopefully, maybe this guy's the one. So I don't want to look way too far ahead, but yeah. You know. So, um, yeah, would I do it again? I would only do it again if I if I knew it was a short. I don't want to say I knew this was a short thing, but we, you know, we in our DMs we flirt. So I had a, a good idea the direction that we were going because we, we've been sliding each other's DMs for a few months now. Um, and it, it was always, it was never like the, the way he slid into my DMs, it was never on the disrespectful okay. stuff. And I am inappropriate at best with my social media. Like I'm somebody who's very comfortable talking about the, I'm very comfortable talking about sex. I'm very comfortable about talking about all the things that nice girls aren't supposed to talk about. Um, and I find that shit hilarious, but he didn't slide into my DMs on any of that 
the the nonsense that I post, um, which most of my once most of the men that slide in my DMs always come in very sexual and hot. Okay. Okay. So I I, I thought I, had, I I definitely thought I had an eighty twenty chance on this one. Oh, okay. So if you so fifty fifty, you wouldn't have done it. Nah. <laughs> nah. My ego's not built for that. <laughs> it is, and we talked about this off air. So. See, I feel I feel weird asking this because I I was I mean well now see now I'm older so I, I and I'm married so it doesn't even matter but I I made the first move with my wife but it wasn't like I wasn't really aggressive until like a couple months in like I kind of was like beating around the bush almost. I knew, like, I knew what I wanted, but mm -hmm. I didn't really know how to communicate it, and I wasn't, I wasn't really good with women that communicated anyway. Like, at 20, I was only 21, so 21, oh, okay. you kind of <laughs> stumbling with your words, so. Right, right. You still yeah, trying to figure yeah, you out at 21. Huh? I was like, you still trying to figure you out at 21. Yeah, yeah. So, I like, I... I I, you know, I shot my shot. It landed, and uh, I, you know, I just kept going. It's weird because men have like you talked about roles earlier, and it's it's like we had that role of being the one to take the initiative. Yeah, you know, to, to get things going. And me personally, I'm cool with it. Like, I, I, it's just what it is. Like, I. I'm one of them people, like, I understand, like, there's roles, like, you know, men gonna do things, women gonna do certain things, like, when, when you, when you, when the bill comes, usually the man's supposed to pay, and I'm not, I'm not one of them ones, like, oh, I'm opposed to a woman paying, nah, I mean, shoot, my wife been paid the bill many a time, so, right. it's not a, you know, oh, a woman can't pay, it's just, you know, the man usually is the aggressor and sets the tone, so, that's how I look at it, but I don't know. It's a lot, lot of new stuff going on, so. It's, it is a lot of new stuff, and I think it, it comes from there is, so I don't know how old are you, if you don't mind I'm me 40. asking. I'm 40. You said you're 40. Okay, so. Well, you, was, you was transparent about your age, so I, I, I Okay. Got <laughs> <laughs> so a, a lot of people, and then I, I want to say a lot of younger people, where the gender roles and responsibilities have been blurred. And, and for one reason or another, it's been blurred. And, and maybe it is the women really want to make sure that they are being heard and that they, they're, you know, we're out here in the world. We're out here in this world making our own money. We're starting businesses. We're making moves. We're owning homes. Like, you know, we're, we're doing the damn thing out here. Uh, and then the idea of being able to do all of that and have this newfound power um, and freedom that our grandmothers and our great-grandmothers and even some cases our mothers didn't have. Um, and then to be expected to still be our mothers, our grandmothers, our aunties and everything like that is that power struggle that we're having within. And some women are really excel with it. Like me, I call myself a hybrid. I make my own money um, and there are times that, you know, I will go ahead and slip into a very uh, traditional role where, you know, I do like, I like my boyfriend, like my boyfriend, my partner, whoever I'm with, I make their plate and I bring it to them. 
um, when I'm cooking. And if you're at a barbecue, I bring your food to you and I don't have any issue with that. Um, and I don't think that takes away from, um, from who I am in this world, but I also like the soft and pinkness that goes along with it because where I show that type of appreciation in my way, um, because that's what I wanted to do, um, usually he shows a different type of appreciation that I'm accustomed to seeing growing up, like the way my dad used to treat my mom. Like if you're with me, like a dude with me, I've never taken my own garbage out if I had a relationship. That's or <laughs> even if I'm dating, if you come over to the house and you know, and I'm finishing up cooking and you see the garbage is full, like I'm used to men just coming in, taking that garbage and talking about where do you put it? I was like, oh, on the side of the house. You know, I'm used to that and I'm okay with that. Um, but it's, it's individualized. And I, and I think with the younger women and, and the power that they have, and I think it's so dope the way that they're moving in this world, I think we, we do have to take a step back and say, what kind of woman do I want to be? Do I want to be traditional? Do I want to be a hybrid? Um, what's going to make me happy? And then we have to communicate that to our partners because some men are walking into dating and walking into wanting to be husbands with the expectation of having somebody play the same type of role that their mother, their aunties, or their grandmothers did. And these women today, as women today, we're not here for all of it. So there's different conversations that we need to have as men and women. And I don't know if we're ready to have these conversations because everybody's still trying to figure out who they are in this world that we're playing in. That's a good summary. <laughs> I like that. Was yeah. a good way to sum it up. Let me, but you know what? I I I, I want to talk about something that you talk about. Someone you mentioned. You mentioned your father. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, you said how he treated your mom. So you you grew up with your father in the home, correct? Yep, I grew up in a two parent household. Um, both my parents, uh, you know, they they met young, they married young, they had kids early. And they stayed together until my dad passed. So they were married for a little more than 30 years. Wow. That, so, and that's, and, and sorry to hear about your father loss. I, I saw that, I actually saw that on your page. And I didn't, um, I wasn't going to address it because, you know, I, ironically, I lost my father like that around that same time frame. Your father died September 16th, mine died the 14th. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. So they was close. But your father died. Uh, 2006, I think Six. I read. Mm-hmm. 2006. 2006. Okay. And my, mine passed away 2009. So it was... Okay. Wow, it was still close, though. Yeah, it was real close. What, what do you... How do you think his influence shaped your views? So the funny way of it, I always... I, when I have these conversations with my dad in my head still, I'm like, well played, Doug. Well played. Because... He, my dad set the bar very high um, as far as my expectation from men, period. And because that bar is set high, if you don't come close to it, some of the things I don't settle on. Um, you know, there's definitely things that you'll compromise on, but there are those standards that you just can't. And my dad said that, like, it's respect. Respect is one of the things that I, I always saw in my household growing up. Um, even when my parents argue, people argue all the time, but my parents argued in such a way that you never thought, um, you, I never worried about my parents getting a divorce because you can always tell that even though they were arguing, they never forgot that they loved each other. And you could tell they never forgot they were friends. Um, I saw my parents 
like my dad was a jokester. He was a prankster. And so I, I saw how sense of humor is so important, especially in times where money is an issue. Um, and then I saw romance. Um, my parents didn't have a lot of money growing up. Uh, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. Like one thing that I remember, and it always, and this was the biggest influence that I had one time growing up, Luther Vandross was in town, was in Philly. And my mom really, really wanted to see Luther Vandross in concert. And my dad didn't have the money for the tickets. Between the two of them, they didn't have the money for the tickets. So what he ended up doing is in the backyard, he pulled out his big stereo and all the Luther Vandross CDs. He lit the grill and he cooked steaks and he just made a, and told my mom to get dressed in his favorite red dress. And he sent all three of us up to bed early. We didn't have to go to sleep, but we couldn't be downstairs. We were going to get a beating. <laughs> Um, and from my bedroom window, I looked down and I saw my parents have date night in the backyard, listening to Luther Vandross CDs all night. Wow. And to me, that is like the epitome of romance. And so I date different because of that. Like I don't require, um, I don't require big and fancy. I require, um, intimate and I require, um, I require romance. I, I, I like, I like, I always saw like, even in, even when my dad was in the later years and my dad was about to die, um, he still always complimented my mom to tell her how beautiful she was. Um, they still vacationed together, you know, even after he had his leg amputated, like they still traveled and they still did things. He never forgot date night, no matter how busy they were, you know, you have three kids, you know, you're trying to make things work. At one point, my dad was working two jobs um and so my mom didn't have to work when we were little but they always made time for each other so to me that also set a standard where if you can't make time for me then i'm not the one for you your, your dad sounds like a, a good man like oh he was <laughs> like i read i read your post i read your i read your post and then hearing you tell a story he sounds like a like he you know I'm sure you miss him. He sounds like a good man. Yeah, he definitely. And then the fact that he was a teacher and knowing that like at his funeral, just being in his past students and just knowing how many lives that he touched with just being a good man. Um, and that's one of the reasons that I personally um, can never say out loud that me as a black woman have never felt protected by black men. Um, I was raised in an environment where I was always protected it's it's great to hear you say that because that listen i listen as a i can i can only speak as a, i'm speaking as a man i can't argue that point like mm -hmm. not a black woman so my opinion on that is is irrelevant but right. to hear you say it it means a lot and i and, and i've always had the theory that a woman who's grown up with a good father in the home wouldn't feel that way and i'm and 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 your your story and your statement it, it doesn't 100 percent validate what i what my theory because i'm sure there's someone who grew up with their father in the home right feel that way but to hear that story you know how your father you know was romantic because damn i'm sure not he he got me like damn i'm glad he wasn't <laughs> <laughs> Glad I wasn't competing with that brother because I would have lost. <laughs> but that and, and that's great that he he set the bar high because 
I mean, me myself having a daughter, I mean, I think that's every father's goal is to set the bar high because, you know, you don't want, like, it's a special thing to give your daughter away. And and, and you as a man, you got to set that bar high. So, you know, when she does decide to bring that gentleman in your presence, you know, you trust her judgment. So, you know, I commend him for being the man that he was. Yeah, and it's, um, and, and, and I'll tell you, on the shallow end, my dad was 6'6", over 300 pounds. Um, actually, he was almost 6'7", almost 300, over 300 pounds. I only date tall men because of it. <laughs> well, yeah. I, you know what? I'm going to throw, throw you a defense. <laughs> I, I'm going to give you some defense here. Because most women will date their father. Yep. So, you know, whatever your father looked like or, you know, his personality, that's what a woman normally would gravitate to. Exactly. So for you to say you only dating a man that's over six feet, I get it. Because that's what like, you grew up with. Exactly. And he, you know, he would give you vibes of your dad. So I, I get it. <laughs> yes. And, but my mom, though, she was just greedy. She only 4'11". She ain't need six foot seven, man. Uh, she could have yeah. did 5'10". <laughs> but I think her because now I'm not short. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know some woman five nine was about to bash on top of her head. Yes. <laughs> yes. My mom was a short Philly girl, so <laughs> hey. hey. She got she got the big the big wherever your father was from. Yeah. She got the big man. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> before we before I go, because I you know it's, we, I feel like we and you could go all night, so I better Make sure we end this on a high note. Where do you where do you see your brown where do you see yourself taking the brown girl experience? So the brown girl experience. So this is she is my baby. Um, I decided that I was going to invest in her heavily. Um, so one of the things that I did uh, end of twenty eighteen is I made her official and I made her LLC. So she is official in these streets. And I like the vision that I have with it is I want to create spaces and places for Black women to be their most authentic selves, no matter what. Um, and I do that through storytelling. I do that through podcasts. Um, I will be going into doing speaking engagements um, uh, with a um, with a uh, with something that I created called Trust Your Dopeness. And Trust Your Dopeness is a seminar to help women learn how to tell their stories. Uh, I think is very important. There's so much power in being able to tell your own story. And I, and I think that we as Black women, we're so used to other people telling our stories for us um, that they actually control our narrative, which means they actually control us. So I created something to help them tell their stories and make them comfortable with telling all parts of their stories um, in a way so that they can regain control of their narrative. So my, um, my vision for the Brown Girl experience is touching as many brown women as possible and getting them comfortable with telling the world exactly who they are um, so that nobody else can control us or make money off of problems that we never said we had. Uh, That's great. Like, I really commend what you're doing. Um, Again, (laughs) I'm reluctantly, reluctantly admitting that I am a fan. Like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can't. Look, I'm not gonna be all gung ho and all that because that, like, your platform is not for me. But you know, but you can relate. It's always you can relate. good to see people encourage people, huh? 
other, but you can relate and that's all that matters. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, look, at the end of the day, what you're trying to do is you're trying to paint black women in a positive light. So whether you, whether you follow the page religiously or not, you definitely could be a fan. So I'm definitely a fan of what you're doing because I think that's great and we need more people doing what you're doing. Thank you. We, when, uh, let's make sure we tell the people how they can um, follow you. Okay, so um, you can always follow me on Instagram because that is my favorite platform of social media. I don't know how to tweet and all that stuff, so uh, that's basically <laughs> where you can find me. <laughs> and on Instagram, I am brown girl all one word underscore experience. Um, you can always go to my website, which is www.browngirlexperience.com, and it'll take you to all my social media platforms. You can find me on Facebook. Um, I'm on Facebook as Erica Butler uh, because Facebook won't let me be great and be on there as the brown girl. Uh, <laughs> but wow. yeah, it won't let Like they shut my page down and said that I had to use my real government name. I was like, all right, whatever. Um, so you can find me there. And uh, yeah, so that, those are the best places to find me. And just be, I always tell people, if you come to my page, if you, if you follow me, just be open-minded when you come, just because um, you are going to get the complete experience of me. <laughs> yeah, that you will. <laughs> Stories and all. Yes. <laughs> but again, I, I really appreciate you um, carving the time out to do this. It's, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Oh, I had a ball. Thank you. Oh, well, look, we'll, we'll make it, we'll make a, We'll make it a goal to do this again since you had so much fun. Oh, absolutely. Just let me know. I'm always down to talk. Okay. Um, I want to thank everyone for taking the time to listen and continue to support the podcast. It's truly been um, it's truly been a blessing. Thank you. Um, I can't put in the proper words how I feel, but I really, really appreciate you all supporting me and listening to the podcast. Um, if you want to follow me, my Instagram is conversations underscore with underscore lamp. Thank you again. Have a great day.